The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. All right, Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to read just uh, three verses, so we'll begin in verse 40. We'll read from Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today, this day that we have to come together to worship you and to serve you. Thank you for all that are here this morning. I pray that you would bless uh, them for coming out. I pray, Lord, you'd give me wisdom as I speak and help me to speak those words that you desire that we hear. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us now. And we ask that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. In discussing the model church uh, that we have been for the past several months, uh, we have thus far seen that it was a unified church, that they were all together in one place, that they had all things common, that they were of one mind, that they, they, agree, they were in agreement concerning their doctrine, they were in agreement concerning spiritual truth. We also saw that it was a praying church, that they came together often in prayer, and uh, praying is important. It's, it's our one tool, it's our one weapon uh, that we have against, against uh, Satan and his minions. And it's also uh, the, one, the one truth we have that we come before the Lord and he hears our prayers. So we're so thankful for praying. And it was a praying church, this church in Jerusalem. And, and so, what, so must we be. And then we saw... Uh, began looking at the fact that it was a preaching church, that the church in Jerusalem didn't gather together for social benefit. Uh, they didn't come together to, to have food drives, and they didn't come together for parachurch uh, purposes. They were, they were a preaching church. They assembled and came together to preach Christ and to preach him crucified, as we saw in our last lesson. So we looked at uh, I, I, wrote, I, I raised three questions <clears throat> concerning it being a preaching church. The first question, first question was, what are we to preach? And we saw that two things that we looked at that we are to preach. We are to preach Christ, and we are to preach Christ crucified. Um, we talked about the fact that, of course, to you and I as believers, to you and me, the, the life of Christ was of, of much benefit, and, 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 and it's an example to us. It's, it's a lesson by which we, we base our life, the life of Christ. But to the unsaved, unregenerate man, the life of Christ is not as beneficial as the death of Christ. For it's the death of Christ that brought eternal life. So we preach Christ crucified to the world because Christ must be lifted. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw him into myself. We must lift Christ on the cross and we must preach the gospel uh, and Christ crucified. But then we also saw that we're to preach the word of God. And I said 
I said the outward message of the church is Christ crucified. The inward message of the church is the life of Christ. It's the word of God. And we're to preach the word of God. Uh, we're, to, we're to preach in, in season, out of season. We're to exhort, we're to rebuke with all long suffering. We're to teach the doctrines of Christ. So we saw that, uh, we saw what we are to preach. Now, what I want to do is continue and today, hopefully get to questions two and three. So let's do that now. Question two is by what authority do we preach? We read just a moment ago from, from Acts, but in Acts chapter 10, verses 42 and 43, we read, And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which hath, was, was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. He commanded us. Who is he? In this text, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the one that commanded us to preach. Romans chapter 13 and verse 1, we read, let every subject, or I'm sorry, every soul be subject under the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So we see the authority by which we preach, the only authority we require. And that is God the Father. Allow me to remind us of just a few things this morning. First is this. God calls his people. You need to remember that. We don't stumble upon Christ. We don't, we don't stumble upon the gospel. Some people in this, in this uh, world want you to believe that it was by your own, your own wisdom that you came to know Christ. But that's not true. It's not true. God calls his people. And uh, I was I was talking to someone the other day uh, and, and the subject turned to abortion. And uh, they asked me, how do you where do you stand on that? And I said, I'm strongly against it. And I quoted to them Jeremiah chapter uh, one In Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through five. We read, then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Let's all turn there. I want you to turn there. I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter 1, please. And just look at what the Bible states here. In verse 4, we read, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, this is Jeremiah, came unto me, saying, look at those next words, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Do you see that? And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I heard on the radio the other day, some, someone is, there was some proposal about uh, federal government not supporting abortions once a fetal heartbeat is heard. And all the proponents of abortion rose up in rage against that statement. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I don't need to hear a fetal heartbeat. As soon as, the, as, soon as that child is conceived, it's a life. And it's a life that God knows. 
And it could be a life that God has already called and ordained. And I'm sorry, this is not preaching time and I've gone to preaching, but that's murder. I don't care how you cut it. And anyone who does it will face God for a charge of murder. Enough of that. You being here in this place today is not an afterthought with God. God calls his people. And he brought us here today, each one of us, this morning. You might think, well, I decided to go to church today. No, 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 God called you here and God got you here. All right, let's just get that straight. Have the right frame of mind. God calls his people. Second thing I want to remind us is this. God equips his people. Second Timothy chapter three, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Now, that word perfect there, understand, is not meaning ultimate perfection, but means uh, empowered or, or sufficient. So God equips his people. He gives us scripture. He gives us truth so that we can study and we can know the will of God. He gives us instructors. He gives us preachers and teachers so that we may learn the truth of the word of God, to impart wisdom to to the hearers. God equips us. God has enabled us. He sanctified us upon salvation and made us usable in his sight. God has equipped us. He, He has empowered us. I love that word, empowered. Because you see, before you're saved, you can try all you want. You can, you can, you can make your best effort to change your life and to stop sinning and, and to go in, in the ways of right. You can try as hard as you want to. I know because I did. And I would always fail. I would always come up short. But once God saved me, he made me a new creation, a new creature, and he empowered me to live. You know what he gave me the power to say? No. So I want you to understand that this morning. I want you to know God gave you the ability to say no. So if, not if, when you sin, it's not because you had to. It's because you want to. So just confess it. Admit it. We sin because we want to sin, not because we have to sin, because we don't have to sin, because Jesus has empowered us to say no and to overcome, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God equips us. None of us here today could do anything of any usefulness to the ministry were it not for the work of God the Father. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God has equipped us. Next, God guides his people. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth 
in his way. Now that, that term there, good man, doesn't, doesn't mean uh, a good man because there's no, there's no such thing as a good man. It's no more, it doesn't any more mean that than it meant that the man of God is perfect because the man of God is not perfect. The steps of a, of a child of God, the steps of, of, of a man whom God looks at as good, his children are ordered by the Lord. I am here this morning because this is where God has led me. I don't, I don't have time this morning to go into the story about how I ended up in California. I, I don't have time to go into that this morning. Some of you know the story. I've shared it before. But I'm here. I'm standing. I'm, sta- I'm occupying this two square foot space because this is where God has led me. Remember, the Lord asked to the church, we read that just a little while ago, the Lord added to the church daily such as should believe. The Lord adds to the church. See, we sometimes we think that we make our decisions. But you know what? We are led by the Lord to make the right decisions. You're in this church this morning because this is where God wants you to be. And you need to understand that. And you need to be submissive to the will of God and allow the Lord to lead you and allow the Lord to guide you. God leads us in the way we ought to go. First Kings chapter 17. Talking about Elijah here. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. God had pronounced a famine upon the land, but God told Elijah exactly where to go to get fed, to have water and food. And the food was brought to him by ravenous ravens. And the, the brook Cherith flowed until, until the Lord deemed it would dry up. And then when all of that changed in verse, verses 7 through 9, we read, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him again, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So God, God sent him there. And we know that story. The little widow woman was gathering sticks. And Elijah said, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm gathering these sticks, and I'm going to go home, and I have just enough oil and just enough meal to make one last little cake of bread for me and my son, and then we're going to sit there, eat that, and then we're going to die. Elijah said, well, that sounds wonderful. But here's what I want you to do. Go and make me a cake first. Now, this widow woman knew Elijah. She knew he was a prophet of God. And she believed in God and she feared God, so she obeyed his word. She went home and baked a cake for Elijah. Can you imagine that poor widow woman and her little boy sitting there watching Elijah eat up that last cake? Thinking, little boy maybe thinking, this man's eating my cake. And then he told the widow woman, now go and make one for you and your son. And for the remainder of the time that the famine was, was on, 
her cruise of oil and her barrel of meal never ran out. I mean, they'd squeeze that, that, that flask of oil and squeeze it and get just enough oil to make another cake. And they'd scrape the bottom of that barrel and scrape it and scrape it and get just enough meal to make another cake. And that went on day after day after day after day. You can say whatever you want. That's God providing for his people. I got so much I want to say, but I don't have time. God guides his people. Just, just be receptive to God. You know, you know why we don't hear God so many times? There's too much noise. Too much noise around us. I, I, taught a, I, I, I taught a chapel one day and I brought one of the students up and I set him there. And I, would stay, I stood away from him and I whispered. And he could hear me. So I started bringing other students up, representing the world and all the noise and all the confusion. And put them standing in a circle around him, all talking to him at the same time. And I stood away. And you know what happened? He couldn't hear me. He couldn't hear me. I talked louder and louder and louder, but he still couldn't hear me. Why? Too much noise. You know, Christians, we have too much noise in our life sometimes. We sometimes we just have too much noise. Be still and know that I am God. Quiet down. Get everything away from you. And seek the will of the Lord. So God guides his people. Next. God establishes their message. God establishes their message. Acts chapter 16 verses 4 and 5. And as they went through the cities. They delivered them. Uh, the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. They delivered the decrees for them to keep. The message was established. God gave the message to the apostles. The apostles preached the message to the people and the people delivered the message to those around them. God has established our message. He has told us what to preach. And we don't need to change anything. We don't need to change the message of God. God hates sin. God will judge sin. God will punish the sinner. That's the message we need to preach. We don't need to send people home after church feeling good about themselves. We need to send them home with thus saith the Lord. And I've gone off teaching and got back to preaching again. I got to try to stop doing that. But God establishes that message. Therefore, we preach with the authority of God. We're here today. Pastor's going to preach today. I'm teaching today with God's authority. With his, he having ordained this to be done. Anytime... Anytime someone stands to teach and preach, they do so, or at least they should be doing so, with the authority of God. So we pay heed to the message taught. So um, what are we to preach? Well, we're to preach Christ crucified. We're to preach the word of God. By what authority do we preach? We preach by the authority of God the Father. And then number three, question number three, unto whom? Do we preach? 
In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, we read, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Notice the word creature found in this verse. This is the same word and translation as found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 where it states, Therefore, and if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when, when Mark chapter, in verse 15 of Mark chapter 16, when the Lord said, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he's not talking about every, every creeping animal, uh, inanimate or irrational beasts. He's talking about the fallen descendants of Adam. He's talking about man. We're to go preach the gospel to every man we meet. In this passage of scripture, we are told to go to all men and preach the gospel. So we're to go, first of all. Um, we're, not, we're not to just sit in the church and wait for them to come. Now that will happen. We will, we will assemble together and God will send people here and they will hear the gospel and they will be saved but that that's not what this is telling us to do he's telling us to go into all the world that's why we support missions that's why we support missionary god god touches the heart of some men and they get they get a burden for a a, a country and they'll go there and they'll they'll begin a missionary work and they'll begin to preach the gospel and we support them. And by supporting them, we, we are a partner with them in their ministry. We go into the world through missionaries. But so often churches look past their own communities and, and go off looking into the world and forget right in their own backyards. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 the phrase new creature is used. However, you and I do not have the ability to know who these new creatures are until they come to the Lord for salvation. Woe is, woe is the man who gets into the judgment business. You know that? I'm not to, I'm not to go off and see someone and say, well... That person there, he'd never, he'd never trust the Lord. He'd never come to Christ. I, I can't judge that. I have no knowledge. I have no idea who will and will not receive the Lord. There was an old man that worked with my father. His name was Sam Pennison. And I knew Sam from the time I was a little boy because he, he worked with my father. He worked with my father for probably 25 years. And when, I, when the Lord saved me and I had a bus route, and I used to go visit him on Saturday, and I'd drive right past Sam's house. As I drove by, I could look over across the field, and there was his house. And so many times when I'd drive by, I'd feel, I'd feel like I should go talk to Sam. I should go and, and, and talk to Sam about Jesus. But as I was driving by, in my mind, I would say, Ah, Sam, Sam would never, he'd, he'd never trust Christ. He'd never get saved. And I would just drive on by. And on the way home later that afternoon, the same thought, go talk to Sam. But I, I would just drive on by. And that went on for months. 
Until finally, as I would go by Sam's house, guess what? No more urge to go to Sam. I didn't feel a calling anymore, an urgency to go. A couple of years later, one day I was, I was at my parents' house having a cup of coffee with my mother. And she said, did you hear about Sam? I said, no, what? She said, Sam died. She said they found him sitting on his porch, slumped over in his rocking chair. He had a heart attack and died. And I just, I have never from that day till this one stopped feeling guilty about not going and talking to Sam. Now, would me talking to Sam have have saved him for sure? No, unless unless it was the Lord's will for Sam to be saved. But you know what? It was God. I know I know this. It was God's will for me to go talk to Sam. It was God's will for me to go witness to him. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know, so often I so often people people go mile after mile after mile to and drive right past people. And they, they always say, I, I don't know who to talk to. I wouldn't know who to witness to. Who are we to preach to? Everyone. Everyone. Now, we need to use wisdom, of course. I'm not telling you today to go to your job tomorrow and start witnessing everybody there. Uh, I'm not telling you that because if you do, you're probably going to get fired. But as the Lord opens doors and as opportunity arises, we need to be we need to be consciously ready to to preach to everyone. To every, every time we have an opportunity, we need to do so. You know, I, I, people come to me at work all the time. They, they know I'm a believer. They know I'm a Christian. And they seek me out. And I often tell them, look, you know, uh, come sit with me at lunch and we'll talk. But right now we're supposed to be working, so I can't talk to you right now. And, and they do. They seek me out at lunchtime. They come sit with me and we talk and we share. We're to preach to everybody. Mark chapter 16, Christ told the disciples to go into the entire world and preach the gospel. They are to preach the gospel to every creature. Now, we can't, we can't do that personally, but we do it again, as I said, through missionaries. Therefore, the command of Mark 16 is to go into the world and preach the gospel to everyone we see. And God will save whom he will. And then they will become that new creature that we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. And then they will, they will then be commissioned to go. And they will go and they will preach and others will be saved and those people will also come in and they will be taught and they will, they will get the commission and they will go. And the gospel is propagated through God's people going forth. Therefore, to answer the question, unto whom do we preach? The answer is everyone. Everyone. Now, some would say that a belief in the doctrines of sovereignty and grace would lead one to forsake soul winning. That's that's one of the things they say about us. Well, you know, you guys think God's going to save whoever God's going to save. So you're just lazy and you never go. They would say that a belief in, the, in this doctrine would allow one to ignore God's command to be a witness. 
And let me say this, shame on us if that's true. Shame on us. If we just, if we are content to just come here and be fed, 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 get fat, 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 and never preach the gospel to those around us, then what are we doing? We're making them right. Amen? So we're to be, we're to be actively preaching the gospel. Now that doesn't mean we have to become what they would call aggressive soul winners. In your face, soul winning. No. Letting other people observe your life. I told you about the, the man who led me to Christ, Mike Alpha. He wasn't aggressive with me, but I saw a difference in his life. He was, he was noticeably different. And I saw he had something real in his life. And I desired to know what that was. That was the Holy Spirit drawing me. And his witness to me was his, his new life. But we are to, we're not to give credence to what our critics say and be too lazy to, to, to preach to those around us. We need to be actively preaching the gospel to everyone. The need for you and me to be witnesses for God is both demanding and urgent. And I believe it is high time that all of us at Berea, and myself included, get back into the highways and hedges and compel the lost people to come in. You might say, well, isn't preaching the job of the preacher? Well, teaching and doctrinal preaching, yes. But you and I, even the ladies, are called to be preachers of the gospel. That's right, ladies. You can be a preacher. But not from behind the pulpit, but from behind the counter at Safeway or someplace like that. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? I remember the first time Mike told me, Jesus is coming again. I said, what? I mean, I was, I was probably 23 years old, 22 years old. I'd been Catholic. I'd been raised in catechism all my life. And Mike said, Jesus is coming again. I said, what? What are you talking about? Jesus is coming again. I'd never heard that. I never heard that Jesus would come in again. Yes, he said, Jesus is coming again. Oh. And I, I wanted to know more about that. And, you know, we need to just, how are they going to believe in someone they've never heard about? And how are they going to hear if no one is sent? How are they going to hear unless those who know tell them about it? I mean, I see it all the time. I see, I see people at work, they, they, go, they, they find some good deal somewhere, and they come in and tell all the other ladies about this good deal. Oh, Costco's got this stuff. You ought to go over there. You ought to see this thing. It's unbelievable. Oh, Murph, uh, Macy's has a sale going on. Coach purses. You need to get over there right away and get you a coach purse. It, don't look at me like I'm crazy. You know it's true. It, it happens all the time. 
50, 60, 70,000 people congregated in a football field to scream and yell and, 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 and give everything they got to a football team. And we've got the greatest truth man has ever known. And we sit silently and say nothing. How are they going to believe unless they hear? And how are they going to hear unless we go? You might say, well, I would not know how to witness for Christ. I wouldn't know what to say. I'll leave you with this verse. Mark chapter 13 and verse 11. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak. Neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Don't worry about knowing what to say. If you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you what to say. He's going to give you the words to speak. He's going to give you the courage and the power and the wisdom. So unto whom are we to preach? Everyone. What are we to preach? The gospel. By what authority do we preach? By the authority of God the Father. All right, folks. uh, It's time to dismiss. Thank you for being here today. And uh, you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.